first-person shooters have been implementing role-playing gameplay mechanics for over a decade, with experience and level-up systems allowing you to unlock more weapons and equipment. But no FPS game embraces the RPG more than Borderlands. And it sucks. What? Borderlands sucks. Why? Um, well, we're going to explain that over the next 40 minutes or so. Because this is... Jack. Versus the world. And I am Jeremy Trevor Grant with my adversary here. Jack Joseph Lee the third. I will be playing the part of the world. And I'll be basically just taking a giant dump all over everything. Because that's what the world does to us. And you're good at it. <laughs> and uh, my friend Jack here. Yes. Is going to be our protagonist. Brave, brave Jack. Trying to defend everyone and all of our favorite franchises from the unruly criticism of, well, everyone. I also happen to be very good at enjoying things. (laughs) Alright, Jack. Let's get into it. We're going to be talking about what today? Borderlands, the first one of the whole series. Just the first game, right? Yes, just the first one. Because it is a long series. I don't think we fit all that in right here. So we'll start off with just the first game as a preface. Um, I'm going to address some elephants in the room. The two biggest things that people seem to come up with outside of the game are obviously our good friend Randy (laughs) and all of the great things he's done. CEO of the company. (laughs) So while I will be criticizing the gameplay and the actual game... And Randy is obviously a controversial figure that is involved with the game. I probably won't focus on him much. I know all about him, but it's just not that important. I choose to separate the art from the artist. And as I was telling you earlier, if you're going to avoid a game because an asshole worked on it, you're not going to be able to play almost any video game, watch any TV show or movie, because there's plenty of them out there. And unfortunately, they have great ideas sometimes. And a lot of people work on games. Big teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many people within, you know, a group that is going to be working on these. So it's just, it's impossible to avoid. Uh, we acknowledge Randy is not the greatest person with his, his have, you, have you checked out his Twitter? Yes, unfortunately. Holy moly. Did you hear about the medieval thing? No, M- I didn't. Medieval times? Mm-mm. You don't know about that? He, uh, he had, like, a USB drive that he dropped, and it was supposed to just have, like, gear. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. but it just had a bunch of porn on it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the, some underage girl. The medieval thing is a, a place in Vegas, right? It's, like, a restaurant. It's called Medieval Times. We have some in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, like, two, maybe. I know there's one in Dallas. I've never been to one. Yeah. Well, I'd probably love it, too. It, it's, pre- it's pretty cool. Well, and if you're Randy, you know, you like it for other reasons. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He had underage girls on his yeah. disc drive. I did hear about that. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, no, I was just watching it for the magic trick. We all know. We all know Randy. Anyways, <laughs> Borderlands. <laughs> and then the other big thing is the Code Hunters guy who made that one animated short and accuses them of ripping it off entirely, which is, you know, I guess valid, but also it's like you don't own the art style, bro. Sorry. And if you is- really... It is true, though. If you watch Code, Hunk- Code Hunters, then you will see Borderlands. There's just no... 
Yeah, there's yeah. no there's no denying this, it. This is exactly you Borderlands. You should go check if anyone hasn't seen it, go check it out. If you like Borderlands, it looks it is pretty tight. It, it's very well done. I think he even said he was in the talks to like work for them. Yes. But instead of paying him, they're like, "Hey, we can just steal this guy's stuff instead and use it as our own." Which hey, you know what? Fair play business. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not, huh? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's jump into the actual game. You know, yes, there's there's these people that do wrong things, but we did get a we got a pretty tight series out of it. So, so firstly, all right, if you skip you if you skipped the intro of Borderlands One, you really missed out because that intro is really good and it sets the tone for the game very well. It intru- introduces you to the whole cast, um, and in an amusing way that that's you know visually sty- stylized. Uh, you see the skag get run over by the bus, which yeah, that's again, where, that's that's where the humor yeah. comes in, and uh, it's which to one of my favorite songs the hit or miss humor. in the whole world. Ain't no rest for the wicked by Cage the Elephant. Yeah, they um, did. And I think the song and the game both uh, elevated each other's popularity through that. <clears throat> they, yeah, they uh, got they got super big for a while there. I mean, obviously they still release albums and stuff, but. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I don't think I was listening to Cage Elephant. Yeah, it definitely introduced me to them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it opens up a lot of other doors for things, which is the best part about including actual bands in your soundtrack. But, yeah, uh, there's not a lot of music in video games. That, you're right. That intro was killer. Uh, but to get off topic a little bit, the other day at work, somebody <laughs> – okay, just, just hear me out. I'm going somewhere with this. All right, all right. Because you get that awesome intro, and then here. So, I was I was at work, went to go take out the trash. Somebody decided to take a giant dump inside of the trash can instead of the toilet. They missed. So good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so good on them, I guess. It took about an hour to clean it up, which quite convenient because now I have a comparable experience to the first hour of this game. <laughs> that was relevant, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly right. Re- I was like, whoa, no way. So my my first point of criticism is, oh my god, is it boring for the first 30 minutes to an hour? It's a very slow start. It is. the sl- Oh my gosh, that slow start. And I guess a lot of people, you know, when I was a little kid, I guess it was fine, but if you were like trying to pick up this game now, uh, it's yeah it, that that first bit is just we were not thirteen fun. when this game came out, and I had started over the game or done so many playthroughs uh, that I had the whole introduction with Claptrap memorized. I would recite it with him because you can't really do anything else. The game locks you in place and lets you look around while yeah. you are a captive audience for this robot. <laughs> and. Let's talk about that robot because <laughs> again, another just just a big miss on the the humor there. Because there's a lot of funny things in this, but again, like I said, hit or miss. And wow, claptrap! I just don't know who he's for because this is obviously it's going to be an older ish audience, and this dude is just annoying. And that's it. I don't I don't really find him funny at all. Maybe some people do, but. I saw it as more like, all right, the big, uh, well, why couldn't they have done him like R2-D2? 
You just you want know? him not to talk. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, because look, you, you have you have this. I think Claptrap reminds me of instantly C three PO. Mm. Right, all he ever does is get in trouble. He never shuts up, <laughs> and he's kind of next to worthless, except yep. for the few times he falls ass backwards into helping out. He, he opens doors. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. But you have R2-D2 who, who does that. He's badass, and he doesn't talk all the time. He makes funny noises, and it's great, because you can kind of imply yourself what he's saying, and it makes it funnier. You know, have you heard that one where uh, somebody was like, yeah, R2-D2 is basically just, like, swearing the entire yes. movie? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. It's funny. You can Especially uh, he, because 3PO is always like, R2? Yeah, exactly. He, he, he always reacts. Say that. It's good, but Claptrap kind of misses the mark for me, and you have to deal with him for the entire game. Claptrap is definitely the greatest attempt to inject humor into the game, um, which isn't really constant. There is not constant humor in Borderlands 1. There is later in the series, yeah. but... Um, yeah, they were still, obviously, it's the first game, they're trying to find it, and I, I'm really going to try to be unbiased, like, oh, well, Borderlands was so much better, so that's why, the, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to take it in context, pretend like Borderlands 2 isn't out yet, and we're just looking at this game in isolation. Borderlands 1 was actually the first game that I played online with. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, when I got a an adapter for my birthday, one of those $100 adapters for an Xbox 360. <laughs> and I think it's, what to this time. day, the last electronic device that I've seen that had antennas on it. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think I've seen I think, an I think antenna. my modem has an antenna. Oh, yeah, it probably does have Maybe. an antenna. Maybe. <laughs> they really went away from that, I guess. And yeah, when you, you don't need it. For your Xbox scared. 360, if you wanted to play wirelessly, you had to buy this $100 adapter, plug it in, and uh, mount it on the back of your console. And I remember being so excited setting that up. And yeah, it was my first experience playing online on Xbox 360, not Call were the, of Duty. Were the people toxic? Because that's a big part of games is the community. And it can really turn you away from something. So, so let's talk about that. Uh, obviously it's not a little bit outside the game, but still you have to interact with people. So yeah. how, how was the community back then? Because I, I did not play this game when it first came out. I don't remember any bad experiences, but I, I remember the good ones. Uh, I remember playing with someone by the name of Full Auto FMJ45. Still and, remember uh, his name? Yes. <laughs> All right. Because uh, him being the, the first person who like actually wanted to talk to me on Borderlands because, again, we were 13. I, yeah. I was a squeaker. People, <laughs> people don't want to hang out with squeakers with a shrill voice. On hey video guys, games. how's it going? If you're an adult playing video games, chances are you're doing it to escape from children. So you don't want to hang out with have some little kid. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, but he, ah, Claptrap is so and, funny, right? And you're just like, holy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and him being so nice was one of the reasons I like to incorporate the name Otto into all my names because I would just refer to him as Otto. Okay, all right. Oh, that's where. All right. Well, yeah. now I know where you're. A little bit of. <laughs> Uh, Joe lore there. Yep. <laughs> and so were people actually? This is my something I really did want to touch on. Were, were people good at the game? Did you feel like oh you got through everything just fine? I don't recall if anyone was exceptionally See, so that's my, at playing the game. Yeah, that's my point. Is that I didn't feel like this game offered a whole lot of skill expression. Obviously, yeah. if you sucked and you just missed every single shot, then yeah, that's a big deal. But you know, take an average player versus, you know, the top whatever. I don't even know if there was a top player in this, you know, a speedrunner or something. And 
you compare them, and it's like, what's the big difference? Well, maybe the guns they have, but if they, they both grinded and they got the best gear, you know, there's not a whole lot to be doing in this game to separate yourself because it's just, you know, walk forward. There's not a whole lot of movement around. I think many RPGs are like that. Usually in a shooter, you can notice if someone's good or bad, but in an yeah. RPG, you can't. And as I said before, Borderlands is a blend of RPG and shooter. Um, the only way you can differentiate yourself is in your skill choices and how you build your character. But how do you feel about the, uh, <laughs> the character builds in Borderlands 1, Trevor? Yeah, well, Jeremy? exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my, my point around that is it's skill trees in general. And I will say I, there wasn't a ton on the skill trees in this game. So it's a bit better, you know. But it's still, you get things like, oh, upgrade from 5% to 5.5% on the... And it's like, why, why do you include that? I'd rather have a few really big flashy abilities then a bunch of little things you know incorporate those things into the guns maybe and then that way you can focus on your abilities being flashy and cool and you feel strong instead of you know just giving me a bunch of tiny little points here and there uh, and I just feel like it's a waste of time for me to do all this little... Ma and, like, I guess it doesn't matter because it's not a competitive game. It's not a huge deal, but it's just not something that I enjoy going But it is through. important that you play with people. I don't think Borderlands is a great solo experience Oh, no, at and all. even, uh, like, according to the canon, right? Like, the Bolt Hunters are supposed to be yes. all together. A party of four. Like, as you're going... Like, the actual game is meant to be <coughs> as four. So you yes. have one of each and... Let's talk about the cast that we have to choose from. So, do you remember all of them off the top of your head? All four characters. Yeah. yeah. All course. right. So we got. Oh yeah, none of them matter except Lilith. <laughs> That's right. So who cares, right? Uh, no. So we have Brick, Mordecai, Roland, and Best Girl Lilith. Yep. That's right. And these characters are besides honestly in my opinion besides lilith they're just kind of bland i did not feel a draw to play any of like a lot of the other games i feel have a lot of replayability because i want to shroud all the characters and i just did not care about the uh, i didn't care about duke nukem or the weird bird guy <laughs> you know i wanted to play the sailor moon chick that what <laughs> magical girl magic i want to play the magical girl bro <laughs> why you know even as a misogynist little teenager where i was like oh, i don't want to i want to represent myself in video games you know i picked like the edgy characters took one look at lilith and i was like yeah that's an that's an easy choice and then <laughs> and then you look at her abilities as well mm -hmm. and she was really powerful oh man yeah she was so <laughs> much stronger and i think when you do that in your game it's just just not as much fun i, I want to try out different characters different builds do different things but when she's just so much more fun and so much better it's, it doesn't really give me a lot of incentive to keep playing the game i always played as roland and uh when i played him i did i did feel like he had some really meaningful skills that you could pick mm -hmm. when i played but it was because i wasn't playing alone which is why i brought up that yeah that's true um some abilities did change the game a bit like if you get Carterize, you suddenly are trying to shoot your teammates to heal them. And that, that changed things around yeah, that's, a bit. that's pretty tight, but then he does just have his 
little turret thing. Yes, his turret. He deploys his turret, which is a shield and a gun. Um, but the design philosophy behind that is because he's the soldier and he's supposed to be the leader of the group, they wanted him to have the most presence on the battlefield. I don't know. I kind of wanted a more Rambo style. That's what Brick on does. Him. Yeah, I know. But I wanted it on Roland, and I wanted Brick. <laughs> and this is also uh, another thing that I, I had a problem with was I, I wanted Brick to be obviously he's a tank, mm-hmm. you know, in the front line punching stuff. The melee in this game—he's a berserker. Oh, uh, I wish I wish they would have added melee weapons. That would have been so tight. Because, like you said, RPG mixed with a shooter. shooter. Yeah. So, I don't see a problem with having melee weapons. Plenty of the enemies in the game have melee weapons. And you're not even stuck to one weapon. You can rotate through them. So, it would have been fine to have, you know, at least a few. Maybe a shotgun or two. You know, like a, a big legendary drop that has, you know, melee aspects. And Oh, but instead. man, 13-year-old me loved the blades they had on those guns. Like, if you had a shotgun, yeah. if it had plus melee damage on it, then your character, instead of doing the regular animation, would turn the handle upside down and stab with it. Yeah, see, it's, it's tight, but, like, in the actual game, it just doesn't feel... Which is a weird thing, and a lot of a lot of people who play games a lot will say that. Like, it doesn't feel impactful. It doesn't feel like it hits heavy. And it's kind of weird how you can just tell. And I don't know exactly what it is but there's just something about certain games that i'm like oh i can really feel the hit on this you know like uh it's a lot of times like in in, when you're playing smash bros and you're playing like a heavy character you know you hit someone with a forward smash or something you're like oh i like i can almost feel that hit impact yeah like the impact of it and i just don't feel that on the melee i did borderlands especially because you could get a, a critical hit with your melee and with that that specific type Especially, it was very easy to hit someone under the chin with it and get that juicy crit. But there wasn't a way to scale up the damage. So even if the sound design and the visual did have impact, the damage did not. It, it just didn't hit like it should. Maybe yeah, Brick did, but I never played yeah. Brick. Yeah, I, I never really touched Brick either. I tried to look over some of his abilities, and I was just like, it's just so... Again, I was just uninterested. He's, he's not... I don't think he's cool. He's a little funny, though. He's a bit funny. I think he's all right. But uh, so on their abilities, my next point of criticism to segue in was that when you start off the game, they're supposed to kind of already be strong. You know, these are like Lil. It's not like Lilith didn't know she wasn't a siren. Roland was already a soldier. Mordecai has his bird. He has all right. So it just doesn't make sense. Because he has he has this trained bird and the bird is leveling up with it. How much more can you teach a bird? You know, <laughs> I think this game would have benefited from having more to start out with. Like, if you're going by the actual story, New Game Plus makes a whole lot more sense in in this context where they're coming onto this world to hunt. They're already strong people. They already have their abilities. They don't need to, to level up. They're coming here to kick ass, you know? And so it makes it makes a whole lot more sense on your maybe your second or third playthrough. I would say Gearbox probably agrees with you because in later games, they actually let you start at level three, which is when you get your action skill, your big ultimate ability. Yeah. That, start out it, already it, having it. Exactly, which makes a whole lot more sense. But they didn't do that in this game. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's the 
problem here. I, yeah, I just didn't like that as much. I like it when the gameplay fits with the story. And it is hard a lot of the time to incorporate that. But it, it feels better because I play video games as a, you know, a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not strictly just about gameplay. I want to be invested in the characters. I want to be invested in the story, especially on uh, these types of games, RPGs. Yes. And if, if I'm just trying to cut through all the scenes and stuff when they pop up, and I'm just like, whatever, 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 skip, 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 it's it's not as enjoyable. I want to be able to just, like, oh, here's another cutscene. I, I want to see, like, what's going on. And so, what do you think about the plot to this game? Because I, I thought it was fine, but... There's a plot? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, the story hey, I, I'm is... I'm supposed to be the, story is the very, critical one here. <laughs> it's very minimal. Uh, there, there is not a ton of emphasis on the story. Uh, it even just serves to play into the ending. Like, that's... That's really the only point. Yeah, of and didn't they just... They didn't even really end it on the original game through... Like, the original game, right? Like, you had to buy the DLC to what? get the rest of the story? They came out with DLC, yeah, but the... Yeah, there was a final boss, and... There, was there a final boss? Kind of. Because <laughs> I kind of just sat there and shot at him. I didn't have to move <laughs> around a lot or do anything. Yeah, there's even a character who says you just have to know where to shoot, and then the, the boss has a big glowing eyeball. Yeah, it's just <laughs> very underwhelming, which is a lot of the bosses, in my opinion, in this game were underwhelming. There wasn't a lot of mechanics around yeah. the bosses, which goes back to my point about skill expression. You know, you, you couldn't really mess up. You just had to kind of walk around, kite them, shoot them in the head. Uh, yeah, that's fair. They're often a, a spongy... Yeah, yeah just a bullet sponge. I, I like it when there's weird mechanics, like, oh, I don't know, you have to find this thing in order to do more damage to them. They pop up a shield. Some some little psycho is giving him a shield generator or whatever. You have to kill him before you can keep doing damage. Little things like that really do I think the most so memorable boss fight was the Roid Rage Psycho. I was going to say, that was that actually my favorite one. This massive, raging mask dude is really easy to headshot running at you the whole time. And all the way, he's spawning these little midget psychos God, that the are midgets all... were the best <laughs> the humor there is, is spot on just grenades are very important that's their name by the way we i don't know what to call it. little people to the little people psychos their names actually change as you go through the the playthroughs did you know that i did not know that yeah the names of enemies change on the second playthrough um i think they're called stunted maniac in the some of the the humor though is a little i I remember in the opening sequence the bus driver what's his name marcus marcus that's right how could i forget marcus turns when you're going over the characters to choose which one you want you go over to lilith and he's like oh like how sweet are you gonna like bake us a pie or something or a cake it's just like Ooh, that is so that, off the that mark. That didn't age well. It, it does not, no. It is very, it came out in 2009. It feels like it came out in 2009. You just kind of have to gloss over that stuff. A it's, lot of people think the funniest character is Scooter, the guy who owns the catcher ride stations. Well, Scooter is, is pretty great, so but I the, can see that. But the guy who voices him actually did most of the writing for the game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Mikey Newman. Well, good on him. Yeah, so it makes sense his character was the funniest. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Let me just write myself in as the greatest (laughs) real quick. I mean, when you're 
making a game, I, I would do it too. Who wouldn't? Like, you mm-hmm. don't want to make your character lame if you're going to voice him. Catch a ride. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think it's all right. I'm not a huge fan of this first game, and obviously it does have a lot of downsides to it, and Gearbox even acknowledges that by making a remaster. And making a remaster, nothing wrong with that. You know, updating an old game is great. But then you're also admitting to everyone, like, yeah, we kind of screwed it up here and here. Especially when you just add in, like, a whole new final boss. Not a whole new one, but you update the final boss because everyone told you how easy it was and how you just glide through it like nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with improving your game. Yeah, I'm just yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, but then by improving it and doing things to it and tweaking it all these, in all these different ways, you're saying, yeah, we we did mess up our original. We could have game. done better. Yeah, our original yeah. game was not. Which, you know, comes into question. Why didn't you just do it the first time? Especially little things like adding a mini map. <laughs> you know, on to the actual game. Like, yeah, it was, was so annoying trying to navigate sometimes that you. If you're going around, whatever, you get into a fight, you get turned around a bit, and you're like, all right, wait, hang on, let me just yeah, when pause you, real quick. When you jump in a car in that game, you actually have two jobs if you're the gunner, uh, and gunning is your secondary job. Your primary job is uh, pulling up the map <laughs> just and telling the driver around. where to go. You are the navigator. Um, and that reminds me, the split screen in that game uh, was kind of unique because when you, pull up the, when you pull up the menus, mm-hmm. because your screen is smaller you have to actually use one stick to move the menu itself around kind of scroll it uh because there's no way to see your entire menu at once <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> but I, I, uh, did, I did forget about that i didn't play a whole lot i don't think i even played split screen at all on that yeah it was one of the one of the last good split screen couch co-op experiences which is one of the reasons i hold it in such a high regard in my memory I mean, did you did you play it a lot with other people? Like, in, yeah. Could you play split screen and online at the same time? No. That, okay, that I, I was not a thing yet. But so it, it, it was only two player. You couldn't have like the four. Because oh, I know there was I, I know there was ways to get adapters to add in four ports onto consoles that didn't have them. I believe it was only two. That that would make sense. It's just so hard to. Yeah, there's no way you'd be able to read the menus at all at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) It's already hard enough as it is. How are we going to keep that up? How did you feel about the gun design? Actually, yeah, actually, I was I was gonna bring that up, but I kind of thought it was fine. I, you know, and it doesn't change a whole lot throughout the series. They do keep that. Uh, A lot of the cooler guns, they they look sick. Honestly, I, I thought they were. I thought they were fine. There's not a whole lot you can do with guns to make them so much better. You can give me, give me cool guns. It doesn't need to be anything fancy or over the top. There were so many guns with revolving cylinders because they were trying to play into that like space cowboy type space western. Yeah. Um. Even the sniper rifles had re- revolving cylinders that would have either three or six rounds. And so a lot of them just didn't make sense. <laughs> right, exactly. And then they would have a pump on the front, like a shotgun, which, again, does not make any sense. Yeah. Because if you shoot a revolver, the cylinder rotates just from you pulling the trigger. 
but because you have to have a reason for this weapon to have a specific fire rate, your character needs to do something to interact with it between shots. And so they have a pump that you would pull Let me just to pump make the cylinder. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, that doesn't make any sense. But to 13-year-old me who had a vast collection of Nerf guns, that was really cool. Like, because Whoa, it's it just was, like my gun. It was just like a Nerf gun. <laughs> it's just like my gun. <laughs> which a lot of the times, most of the guns felt like Nerf guns in that game. Oh. <laughs> Bullet spongy. Am enemies. I wrong, though? Yeah, that's the problem is with metas and strong guns. Like, 95% of the things you collect in that game is just garbage and you can't use it. I wish there was a bigger spread of what is good in loot shooters. And mm -hmm. I, not just like, oh, obviously the best things to grind for make it feel worth it. But let me try out the different, like, if I see a gun, I'm like, oh man, that looks so cool. I like it. I like the different perks it has. I like all the attachments or whatever. And I try to use it, and then it just sucks. It's a huge letdown, especially in something where you are going to be picking up so many different weapons. Yep. The idea of a looter shooter is that, which this game did single-handedly invent, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. The idea of a looter shooter is that you're constantly picking up new guns. popularize it, though, I feel like. This is the first one that I heard of. I don't think there was one shooter. before Borderlands. Like a, a real loot shoot? Let us know. Email us. Tell us <laughs> if you think there was another loot shooter. What started it? If it was, then yeah. It, I mean, if it wasn't the first one, then whatever it came before was not popular. No, because this was the first one I ever heard about where I was like, oh, I just need to keep grinding for these things. Which, it, the grind is... It, it doesn't feel like there's a big payoff in games like this where you don't have a real end game. Because obviously in MMOs or anything else, you grind for pvp stuff or you grind to do the big raids or whatever but in the first borderlands game where you do have online you can be with other people was there a big thing to really test your skill to oh really there was but the thing is it was in the dlc exactly but big problem uh dlc man here <laughs> i hate dlc make a game Complete it. Give me yeah. the game, the whole <laughs> game. If you want to make DLC after and give it to me for free, perfectly fine. But just trying to squeeze every little dollar out of every person feels crummy. It's not fun. Nobody likes it. And then, you know, when you're a kid, I don't know about anyone else, but whenever I only had so much money to spend on things, I'm like, okay, do I want to get you know, a few more hours in this game or buy a whole new game and making people make that decision is just, it's just not fun. And then, obviously, I know why they do it. It makes sense. Everyone does it now. Everyone has a season pass. Everyone has DLC or an expansion or whatever you want to call it. And it makes sense. I know why it's done. I still don't like it, though. In case you don't know, DLC stands for downloadable content, by the way add-ons that they release after the game yeah, um, just... and one of the reasons it tends to actually be pretty good even though it's not necessarily a good thing that it exists is that they get to make it without as many time constraints as they did with the original game they've already made the game they don't have to work on it anymore they just make content which is why a lot of the dlc in borderlands is the best part oh it's so good secret I, armory i was gonna say i think there was only one good dlc in the first one though there were two you didn't like the zombie one? No, I didn't. Uh, I don't think you're alone in that, actually. I, I think a lot of people didn't really like it. I, I liked it, though. I enjoyed it a lot. 
There was a big zombie craze around that time, so they, oh, really yeah. cash, they had to cash in on it. Yeah, that, that was the was idea. doing zombies. <laughs> Let's just make zombies everywhere. Um, I liked the atmosphere of it a lot, and they, they introduced uh, a type of revolver called a masher, which was like a shotgun revolver. It was perfect for wiping out zombies. I have a lot of fun memories of that DLC. Yeah, um, but the secret armory... You were also like 13, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to like things when you're 13. Yeah, especially when it's the trendy thing that's going on. It, it, you know, it's like... Oh, um, I was so down for zombies. Yeah, everyone. Everyone was into zombies at the time. Yeah, you they, had all kinds of media coming out. Yeah, they had, what, like, Call of Duty zombies. You had Zombie Land. You had that weird Romeo and Juliet movie, Warm Bodies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Walking Dead, though. Walking Dead was yeah, the biggest thing. So the zombie craze was around for a good good few years there. They cashed in. Yeah, pretty... Not the worst thing. Not the worst trend out there. But let's move on to the next DLC, I believe, which was the worst part about oh, the entire game. And that is Ma Mad Moxie's... Mad Moxie's Underdome Riot, I believe. Underdome Riot, the full thing so basically she's trying to find a new husband right yes yeah just oof. i think she said she was looking for her third or fourth i don't remember which uh, got a real <laughs> jennifer lopez over here but <laughs> yeah not, not the greatest part about the game but mordecai ends up marrying her yep and uh, between games though it doesn't happen in the dlc okay gotcha and then we find out later on in the second one yeah that's why mordecai drinks in borderlands 2 because that's blood is this bird dead yet no okay <laughs> well oh spoilers i guess i don't know these games have been out for so long we, we if you're listening to this you probably don't care about spoilers i was gonna say maybe poor that adds on to his poor his poor drinking problem poor guy well mordecai has it rough yeah, and as far as his story goes, and his uh, character, because what a lame-o. <laughs> Alright, so after Mad Moxie's, you, you, you know, well, if you still want to keep... Let's oh, talk what? about Mad Moxie. Alright, all right, go ahead. What, do you, uh, or what, so, did, what did it do good, in your opinion, then? Uh, they had these randomized events that would change up the rounds. It was round-based gameplay, or wave-based gameplay. Um, you go into one of the three different combat arenas, and you fight wave after wave of enemies. And every round, there would be these random modifiers that could spice things up. Like maybe your health is constantly draining, the only way to get it back is to shoot things. Or uh, maybe certain weapons are weaker while other ones are stronger. So they did add in a little bit more mechanics in the game. Yes, but the issue a good thing. is that it went on for hours just to complete one. And the rewards were important because it would just straight up reward skill points. And you were capped at a certain amount of skill points. You, you couldn't fill out your entire skill tree, so they had, you had to make decisions about how deep you're going to go and that was the only way to get more skill points at the time was to just break through all of that content and try your best not to fall asleep was it <laughs> try to stay awake was it easy to like look up builds and stuff online obviously that's what pretty much everyone does now because who's going to sit there and optimize really you know everything wasn't wasn't that hard um, either and you had class mods which would mm -hmm. give you like the plus on whichever your abilities, so you kind of just go towards those. Um, it wasn't complex enough to need that sort of thing, frankly. 
So you just powered through, kind of did what you want. Yep. I think I remember. I, I didn't really do that either. I just kind of did what I want. I felt fine. I didn't really feel like I lost out. Yeah, you just took whatever interest you and it worked. It was a good RPG in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we got that out of it at least. And was there anything else about this DLC that was really stand out? I, I couldn't even really remember. I, I like I had to look this up. I thought there was only three DLCs. I totally forgot this one existed I think before doing some it. research. People, people sure liked her. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. She had a great personality. She became a central character in the late game. Oh, yeah, for sure. They built her up here. I guess that was a good thing about it. I just overall mediocre probably the worst part about the the game the first one at least i think i would have to agree okay well <laughs> worst part well then we can go on into a better part of the game the next dlc my favorite your absolute favorite armory of general Knox was so good um it raised the level cap instead of just rewarding skill points like yeah. underdome did um it was funny throughout it wasn't just yeah, they were really getting grounded in their humor there. Yes, and they uh, changed writers. Anthony Birch came and wrote it, who is the writer of Borderlands 2. Also, the brother of Tiny Toons voice acted in Borderlands 2. Oh, really? Yes, they're siblings. Um, That's interesting. And Trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God, Secret Armory was so good. You have a lot of fond memories there. So many fond I, memories. I have almost nothing to say because it wasn't. It was. I don't remember a bad thing about it. I can't really criticize or bring up points because it was. It was solid. People's main criticism with it was that there was not enough fast travel. Now, fast travel, in my opinion, is sort of a. Uh, it kind of plagues games. Yeah, it's it's a weird. I don't know if you get everything you want instantly. You know, it kind of. Right. It messes with you All because about yeah, like. Let, let me just let me just like teleport here teleport here teleport you know you want to be able to go through the world so now i'm going to criticize the people who criticize it <laughs> you want to be i like being i agree with you where i want to go through the world you know maybe you find a side quest to do maybe you you know find a, a weird enemy or something you never Explore. know yeah you, the whole point it's an open world game and while fast travel yes can be useful in some situations especially Maybe if you've already, you know, explored an area to its depths, and you don't, you don't need to anymore. You just fast travel. But I, yeah, it really takes away from something. And it is a fact that you did go back and forth on highways you had already been on several times. I, you I, get vehicles I, I, though. At least you don't have to just sprint the whole time. Brand new vehicles that were way faster than any other ones in the game, or way beefier and stronger. They added multiple, and it was so much fun. I, I drove almost every time we would go. Someone else. Or you could take two different cars. I did think the handling was a bit rough in that game. Especially when you're comparing to like a real race game or a driving game. It, it was a it took some getting used to. Absolutely. But sometimes we would spice it up and just drive in reverse all the way. <laughs> <laughs> just because we could. Just because we could. But the whole point of Secret Armory is that you are trying to raid this well, armory. Yeah. <laughs> of General yeah. Knox. And, um, in the title. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so when you finally get to the end of it, you're supposed to hit a button that makes the facility self-destruct. And so you go in and you loot the place for a couple minutes. There's a timer going the whole time, and you randomly you know, open all these crates that are filled with guns and pick up as much loot as you can carry in the allotted time. But there was a glitch. 
What was the glitch, Joe? <laughs> Did you find it on purpose or accident? I accidentally fell in a hole while waiting <laughs> for my team to catch up and got into the armory with no time limit. And I was like, guys, So you were chilling. Guys, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting up on a pipe and I was looking up at the hole, the invisible floor hole that I had fallen through. And I was like, uh, I don't think that was supposed to happen. And this became a kind of a common thing yes, right well known glitch. and people started to yes. exploit it it was just referred to as the armory run but finding that by yourself must have been so satisfying oh my god it was hilarious yeah you just you run in that was you know i think that's maybe a problem i have with the newer games actually in general is that you, you can't really find those things you know they patch it out mm -hmm. they get rid of it you know, in those older era games, it was a lot harder to do that, and getting those weird glitches and stuff. It was it, it was part of the experience, and it was great. Yes, and as you mentioned before, the game is mostly bug free. Um, oh yeah, it's. But they never patched that hole out. I think they. It was just so much fun. Yeah, I, you know, you gotta let people have fun with your game, and it's like, oh, you know, maybe we might have messed that up or whatever. But if people enjoy it and it doesn't really take away from a whole lot then i yeah there's no problem with it so good on the the team there to just leave it in and besides that i, I don't really remember there being a whole lot of game breaking bugs or anything nope. i never ran into any like oh i got stuck in this little part and so now i have to reset my progress but nothing like that so that it was pretty clear of those besides the the fun ones to try to exploit but nothing huge it, yeah the armory though probably the best DLC in this one. Definitely the best one. And it was hilarious. Too. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the humor was yeah pretty spot on compared to the rest of the game where they definitely tried, and you could tell they were finding what they were gonna go for in later games. You you see the the groundwork there, the foundations, but for me the humor mostly fell flat. I wasn't laughing the whole time or anything. Not like some of the later games where I just straight up belly laughing. I think comedies often take a while. Oh yeah, for sure. Super normal. If you watch like the pilot of a comedy, it kind of doesn't really. Yeah, especially like in because the best part about, in my opinion, the best part about most comedy and with even with friends or whatever is inside jokes. Yes. You know, so in creating those, does it takes time, so it makes sense why the humor in this game is is not as flourishing, in general. But yeah, then once you get to the third DLC later on in the game, you really start to find that, which is great. Did that carry over on to? The Claptrap DLC? Claptrap Revolution. <laughs> the last bit of this game. Um, it was not as good. Yeah, nah, it's kind of a letdown because, you know, Mad Moxie, you pay for it, and it's like, okay, that kind of sucked. Do I want to pay for more DLC? Then they, they bring it back around. The Armory makes it worth it. You feel like you got your money's worth. And then you get to Claptrap DLC, and... I don't know, when they just rehash the same bosses, it kind of feels like you get gypped a little bit. Yeah. Because the whole, the big part about Borderlands is the loot, and obviously using that loot for boss fights. Mm -hmm. And so you want cool boss fights. And when you get the same ones over and over, it kind of sucks some of that out, that new experience where you're like, oh, like, what's this guy going to do? Let me try to figure, oh, wait, it's just the exact same thing. Yeah, I don't think they added any new mechanics, but in case you haven't played it, they add these helmets onto the boss fights throughout the whole game, and they have you go 
And that's it, right? Don't you have to fight in like the final fight? Isn't it? There's three of them, and you have to fight them. You have to kill them twice, right? That's what I remember, at least. No, I, I don't remember that. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to go it back and play. DLC. Yeah, I, it's it, it wasn't great. I don't. Yeah, I'm just kind of going off and of what I remember. To the uh, interplanetary assassin claptrap. What a lame boss, man! Just oh. Uh, when you have so many menacing creatures and psychos and everything, fighting a claptrap does not feel as satisfying. Uh, especially when he's personally my least favorite character in this one. And then you get him as the final boss. Oh, well, not the real final boss. Like you said, there was the raid. Yeah, but that and was in Secret Armory. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, there you go. So he was the actual final, final boss to this. Yes, and then and they... you go back to Gen to General Knox's armory, mm -hmm. and you fight Cromorax, who was the first raid boss that he introduced for you. And they didn't have a raid boss for the Claptrap, right? Correct. I wish they would have done raid bosses for each DLC. A yeah, big fight. A yeah, it would have made a lot of sense to do that. You create, <laughs> you know, a big, big old boss at the end, and maybe force it. To be like, you know, in like Destiny, it was very, very difficult to do any of the raids by yourself. Yep. You had to cheese or exploit some things. Maybe make it to where you have to have at least two people. It was the same for Cromorax, unless you glitched it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, a, That's what I'm saying, but for all of them, make a big DLC for all of them mm -hmm. that you maybe have That's, to go online. That's what a raid boss is supposed to be. Yeah, and especially, I guess back then online wasn't as common to have like you said the hundred dollar add-on yeah. <laughs> to attach yeah. to your thing yeah. in order to get it so because maybe it wasn't as common they didn't do that but still even adding a big raid boss at the end of each dlc would have been a little bit more satisfying to try out your guns all the loot you get you know what's it for why get all this loot if there's not some big thing that i can really blast up to see you know how strong am i really compared to the first time that i did this right, you and you, yeah you have the bosses but having some big big one you know would have been a little bit better there that's also traditional in rpgs it's like you get to the the highest level and then it's like now we play the game now <laughs> i get to play yeah it was that south park episode about uh world of warcraft they like finished it like now what and now we get to play the actual game yeah, it's like oh exactly. man they told us spot on with that because I think everyone who's played a game for you know a long time, one of those long running games, any of the MMOs or anything like that, where you sink in all these hours, you finally get to it. And it's like, all right, now I get to really test my abilities. It's all about the grind. Where's my gratification? Yeah, I want that satisfying ending, which is which is fine that this game does have that definite end because they're going to be making sequels and pre-sequels oh, <laughs> so having that you know sat ending definite end the story ends here you kill the dumb claptrap robot yeah, who was wise, the way the dlc services the story is the death of the claptraps because cl4ptp our claptrap uh, raises up in the the revolution with all the claptraps against hyperion and they get wiped out but you and everybody else so that's yeah. why there's not really any clap traps in the later games or dead ones yeah where you have to like you have to go around and collect the dead ones or whatever yeah, dead to, yeah but that's it so but not in any of the yeah, yeah only yeah is he the last one on, alive by the end of this i believe so oh 
If only, if only we would have taken it a little bit further, <laughs> just a little bit more. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the game. Uh, you know, to surmise, let's see, we got characters. I felt kind of fell flat for me. Besides Lilith, um, Brick and Mordecai are our least experienced. I, I played Lilith. Uh, Joe here played Roland, so not a lot of experience around Mordecai or Brick. I don't even think I really touched them. Uh, just weren't interesting to me. Mordecai was the sniper character, and Brick was the berserker. They were polar opposites. Yeah, just bird guy and Brick guy, not my favorite. Wasn't really interesting. They do pop up in, in the later games. It, it's cool to see them or whatever, but in this yeah, one... I didn't get, and that, it, it, that leads into there wasn't a lot of characterization. You didn't learn a whole lot about the people you were actually playing. the The plot was kind of not there, but this was the what I believe to be the first loot shooter. So as that going for it, it really started off a, a big genre there, a, a very enjoyable one don't where you just destiny without borderlands. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. we don't get all of that. Don't get Warframe. Right. You don't get the rest of the Borderlands. So some pretty big franchises and different games coming out because of this first game here. So overall, I would say not my favorite game, as I've mentioned, but it was it was a good game and it led to a lot of better things. I still stand by that you should, like if you've never played a Borderlands game, maybe start with the second one. That's what I did, and in my experience, it didn't take anything away from the second one. I, I still felt great. Yeah, then if you go back, it's hard to go back and play the first. But then you fall in love with the character. Like, for, for me, my big draw to going back to playing that first one is that I saw Lilith and I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I want to, you know, test out her abilities. You get to see her in action. That's, that's a good point. You get more invested in the character. Yeah, because – Exactly. And speaking of that second one, that is what we will be talking about on our next episode – I am going to have a much harder time yep. than this one. <laughs> one, not repeating myself because there are there are a lot of similarities. And they basically just got everything and did it better. You know, the humor, the guns are cooler, the characters are better. There's a real story and we get one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah, it's the greatest. The greatest villain. We'll, we'll save it for next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll save it for next time. <laughs> we'll get into it. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much. For listening, you can catch us on social media. We are at Jack and Jeremy on Twitter, Jack and Jeremy on Instagram, Jack versus the World on Anchor. And if we have any more, you will see it posted on there. Uh, we'll probably be posting this to Spotify. I don't know if there's any other places to go. Yeah, we'll be looking that up. Yeah, I'll probably post it somewhere. But uh, is there any anything else you want to say uh, about this game? I was going to say thanks for listening, but no. That's it? Yeah, nothing <laughs> about the about game. It. Do you feel like your opinion has changed at all after talking about it with me? Or pretty much pretty much the same? No, one of my favorite games. <laughs> Un, unshooken. Yeah. Cannot, be, <laughs> cannot be broken. The will of iron. It, it laid so much groundwork, man. Yeah. It's that away from yeah, the, the foundations were really put into place here. All right, well, you can catch us next time here at Jack versus the World. Thank you so much. See you next time. See you later. Thank you for listening to Jack versus the World. 
We had a couple of technical problems there around the 32 minute mark. You might notice our voice changes a little bit or something, but no problem. We still got all the content out there and we'll be getting better and better as we go along. But, you know, maybe watch your headphones or whatever if you're listening on there. Be careful with your ears. You only got one pair. All right. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time for Borderlands 2.